0: listening to Alcoholics Anonymous Alive. Here are your co-hosts, Shank and Wayne. Welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous Alive. This is season one, episode one. My name is Jerry, better known as Jay Wayne. It's good to be here with you.
1: Welcome. Thanks, Jerry. (laughs) This is Susie, better known as Shank. You know, the only reason we have these nicknames is because we know each other well enough to crack jokes.
0: Well, Shank, you're going to have to one day tell us how you got that that nickname. I don't think we got time for it right now. but.
1: Well, it has nothing to do with my alcoholism, which is something that I've learned over the years.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, listen, we are excited to be here for this first episode. The, the title of this episode is What AA Is and What AA Is Not. Prior to uh, going into the topic, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, each other and <laughs> let you know. Uh, or let me back up, rephrase that. We're going to talk about ourselves.
1: Ah, uh-huh.
0: yeah. That's. I would probably... prefer to
1: talk about each other. I have many things I would like to say about you to a well,
0: crowd. I'm, I'm sure you would. I got a few things I could disclose as well, but we'll 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 save that for another episode.
1: Okay, that sounds good.
0: Yeah. So Shank, tell us a little bit about yourself
1: my sobriety date is October 23rd, 2012. And I will say uh, that is the last day that I drank. That's also something in Alcoholics Anonymous. Many people told me that I should change it to the 24th, which would be the first day that I was sober. But an old timer told me that it's the 23rd. I got to Alcoholics Anonymous through committing some crimes, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I I had no, no idea. Yeah, I had no idea what AA was. You know, I couldn't even tell you that I'd heard of it when I got here. But yeah. kind of the standard things. I do have a home group. I do have a sponsor. Yada, yada. You know, and I love those things. But in this episode, talking about what AA is and what it is not, you know, I, it took me a while to learn that. Yeah. What about you?
0: Well, I, uh, my sobriety date is July the 2nd, 1989. Whoa. And that is also the last day that I drank. I think that is a, um, we're really starting some controversy right here to start with.
1: (laughs) That's what I'm good for.
0: Yeah. Well, if you think about it though, that's Dr. Bob, right? One of our co-founders, his sobriety date is June the 10th, 1935. That's what he claimed was his sobriety date. And I know there's debate in that in AA, and we're not going to go there, but according to his story, June 10th, 1935, not 85. And that's the same day that he drank. He drank wow. that morning. So if it's good enough for Dr. Bob, it's good enough for me.
1: It is good enough for me.
0: Yep. And when I was landed, when I landed in a detox, uh, at the age of 22, I, I had never heard of Alcoholics Anonymous or had ever heard of alcoholism. I didn't know really what was wrong with me and was 12-stepped by an AA member in that detox while I was still somewhat intoxicated and, you know, not long after that, was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous through people and through meetings and have been sober ever since. So I'm... uh uh, no experience with relapse or, uh, you know, the revolving door, as you hear some, we need to add that to our list, the revolving do. door that you uh, that you sometimes hear about.
1: Well, and I don't think it's so much about shaming people who do relapse. When I got here, you know, I fear sobered me up for a bit where yeah. it says that in the book, I relate to that because you know, I committed some crimes. I was in a lot of trouble. I'd never been in trouble before. I was 24 years old. And, you know, I ended up in a treatment center, which I'd heard of rehab, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but it was not, uh, getting facials and doing yoga, uh, foot massages, no foot massages. And it was all women, you know? So, uh, I, the thing is, as I was exposed to Alcoholics Anonymous, I was also watching Father Martin, hearing oh, chalk Oh, yeah, they no chalk
0: talk. Love you it. You
1: know, I, I had a diagram of the body, and I knew what drugs and alcohol did in your brain, or I learned that. And that was all fine. Like, I am not here to say that that was not helpful to me. Sure, it was. But it's not the reason I'm still sober today. I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous in a train depot. With a bunch of older men, as I remember it, but I knew that they had a solution. And when they talked about alcoholism, I knew that I had it. Yeah. It was just not a challenge for me. I was so, I mean, I was just ready.
0: Did, did you find when, when they explained what alcoholism was and what it was not, did you, did you find that you kind of immediately identify with that and knew like well yeah whatever that is i've I've got it
1: yes and i can't tell you what they said i have no idea i just know that i was like well if this is what i'm going to do uh my ideas got me here yeah and you know i didn't know if i was going to go to prison i eventually did but i just knew that whatever they had i had And I wanted to do what they did because they seemed at peace and they could talk about things and laugh where I could not laugh. I was like, oh, my gosh, how are you laughing about these horrendous things? How are you talking about all these things that you've done in your past? Or, you know, I just I could not fathom that where I was in that desperate place of needing help.
0: Yeah, I had that same experience when it was explained to me. I mean, I I didn't completely understand it, but I knew what they what they were saying, I knew that I had that. I was somewhat relieved to know what was finally wrong with me.
1: Yes.
0: So, I mean, I never really, like, questioned it or, like, well, maybe I've got some of that, but not this. I, I just knew that that I had it. And the book, our book says that when, in, I think it's in working with others, that when you're talking to a person and you talk about the mental inconsistencies and the lack of willpower, that it says if the person be alcoholic, that they'll immediately identify with that. Yes. They, yeah, they don't they don't question that.
1: I also cannot tell you if those men had what I have now. I don't know. But I know that they talked in a general way about their alcoholism. Yeah. So I could yeah. relate to it. It wasn't until I got into Alcoholics Anonymous that I started questioning things, not if I was an alcoholic or if I needed to be an Alcoholics Anonymous, but you know, I got really fearful when I heard that relapse was a part of recovery,
0: yeah that that fear based stuff doesn't work, but I heard that same thing. relapse was a part of recovery i heard I heard a guy say one time relapse is a requirement
1: mm-hmm.
0: or that relapse uh really helped his uh, his sobriety mhm yeah. and I
1: do not doubt that that is true for some people, but sure. when I was new, I would just i was very fearful that I was going to have to drink again.
0: Yeah. Do you remember the first meeting you went to?
1: Vaguely, you know, the first meeting I went to was in that treatment center and then they would have women come in to the treatment center and, you know, I did, I was, I was also doing the steps during that the way the treatment center asked me to, so I was doing a lot of writing you know, I was very into it. I was very dedicated. I still have those writings, and it was like day two sober, nine fifty nine a.m. Oh know? yeah. Um, my twenty fifth birthday was my first day there. So, oh my goodness! You know, I just wanted to record everything. I wanted i I almost went into it, you know the the educational way.
0: Yeah.
1: Of like, I want to learn everything. I don't want to have to do this again. My life is at stake here. Um, so yes and no. I remember those meetings. It was also kind of confusing a little bit of what yeah. was the treatment center and what was AA.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember my very first meeting. I, I mean, I don't remember a whole lot about it. The kind of the the readings and the opening and all that and the rituals that kind of go on at meetings. But it was a speaker meeting. And I I mean, I remember the speaker. He nice. he talked, yeah, he talked about how he drank and he actually had committed a bunch of crimes and was in prison for, it was either eight or 18 years. My man. And he, uh, that's right. <laughs> and he had got, he was never supposed to get out, but he had, but he had gotten out and I didn't identify with a lot of the, I mean, I didn't, I shouldn't say I didn't identify. I didn't do any of the like crimes that he did. Right. But. But I identified with how he drank and what you know, how he felt about that and things that some of some of the things that he'd done. But his kind of story of getting sober through Alcoholics Anonymous and going to prison and then being able to and then getting out, it gave me a lot of hope. Yes. And you know, and even though I didn't fully understand everything that was going on, but I knew, man, if that joker can get his life together, <laughs> then there's probably hope for me
1: absolutely
0: yeah well
1: and okay so the book was published in 1939 yep you know and talking about bill and bob and dr bob's last day drinking was a sobriety date totally relate you know it says in the forward to the first edition to show other alcoholics precisely how we recovered is the main purpose of the book and i know for me that was vitally important to have the book alcoholics anonymous is yes. the book
0: it's a book it, it, which
1: what's again not not trying to get off in the weeds or just say that people that don't know that or don't think that are just dumb or what are they doing here you know there were certainly several years of my sobriety that i was doing all kinds of crazy things that are not in the book of alcoholics anonymous and I was able to stay sober but I do think that you know I had enough uh, recovered people around me to continue to direct me back to something yes in the blue book
0: yes so so to kind of line that up since you mentioned the book and kind of what the first purpose of the book was for and should should be the only purpose today so those those guys got sober right, in the Oxford group, Mm -hmm. really just practicing six simple spiritual principles of basically surrender, confession, amends, and then helping other people, it worked so well they wrote the book, Yeah, right, and they wrote the book to prevent it from being watered down and so they could reach more people, and it's interesting that when the book hit, right, it didn't immediately just explode and and catch on fire, Um, but Society started noticing that, hey, these guys are on something. The book yes. might might actually contain something that will will help people. And it's interesting. Now, we don't want to get into this too much, but just for, for purposes of our discussion, our topic, if we look at what Alcoholics Anonymous was when the book came out, and I would say for the first 40 years of maybe 50 years of of the organization – these are just numbers that are actually in the big book. So we're not mm-hmm. making anything up or we're not giving out bad information. These are numbers that are actually in the current fourth edition of fourth the Fourth
1: edition. Book.
0: That in, uh, hold on, let me get, in 1955, the book had been out. There were 300,000 copies of the book in circulation. And there were 150,000 recovered members. So if you do books to members, that's a 50% success rate.
1: Which is pretty incredible.
0: It is very incredible. Very, very incredible. And think about that. So they're mainly using the book and they're mainly using one another, right? One alcohol help on another. And there were not hundreds and thousands of meetings every day.
1: Correct. And I'm so sure they, you couldn't just go to a Goodwill and find 20 big books either. You know? That,
0: that's right. <laughs> Yeah, so they didn't have a meeting to go to every day. They they didn't have cell phones to text their sponsor every 32 <laughs> seconds. Yep. Like, and uh, that's interesting. In 1976, there were 1,150,000 books in circulation. So call it 1.2 million books in circulation. And there were 1 million recovered members. That's an 87. If you do books to members, that's an 87% success rate.
1: I just cannot fathom those numbers.
0: Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it?
1: Especially with my experience, you know, just being here a little over 10 years. I know I can't imagine if 87% of the people that even I just gave a book to were sober because that is not, that is not my experience currently.
0: Right. Yeah. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about that. Um, so here's the so that's in 76 still probably way more groups than than just meetings mm-hmm. they probably didn't have a whole lot of drop-in meetings and meetings of convenience right and I'm um, not bashing any of that stuff but it's you know you can argue whether it's helpful or not um, still a not a lot of communication there's no internet no cell phones people are, are helping each other face to face 2001 when the fourth edition came out there were almost 20 million books in circulation if you use the number out of the book there's 19.5 million books in circulation wow so we went from a little over a million books in circulation to 20 million books in circulation and what's that a period of twenty-five years?
1: Yeah,
0: and we had two million recovered members. So there's a ten percent success rate if you just look at books to members.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you're if you're out there listening and you don't know what we're talking about, AA does not really keep membership records, or we don't really keep up with. They do surveys every once in a while, and so in two thousand and one, they they're claiming there were two hundred two million recovered members. So what happened from an 87% success rate in 76 to a 10% success rate in 2001?
1: What I would say, okay, part of it could be there are treatment centers. There are so many other ways um, to recovery, we'll say. You know, there are a lot of people who are in, quote, recovery. Alcoholics Anonymous, in the book, it tells us that – we're not the only way to get sober. That's right. So part of it could be that, yes, you know, I happen to think, in my experience, that there are a lot of people in Alcoholics Anonymous meetings or groups that are not alcoholics. Yes, um, I, I,
0: I, I would say we we would be astonished if we knew the real number.
1: So I do think that maybe that's part of it. There are so many other programs. There are programs that have you know stemmed off of alcoholics anonymous and i think that a lot of those are really needed for people people do need other places to go if they're not an alcoholic um but part of it is probably also that alcoholics anonymous has turned into this sponsorship lineage go to meetings 90 and 90 just the fellowship uh, just a service structure and all of that is very important to me today, but I don't believe that it is why I'm still sober.
0: Right. Yeah. You hear a lot of that stuff. So if we, if we, if we skip from 2001 or seven, 1976 to today, right. If, if we, if we start talking about sponsorship and meetings and the fellowship, so now we've got meetings galore
1: galore
0: i would I would argue there's a big difference between a a group, a solid home group and meetings
1: mm-hmm.
0: and this idea of you know meeting makers make it
1: yeah
0: um ninety and ninety um you know you know the reality is you gotta go you probably do need to go to meetings to 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 be connected and to to continue to find people to help.
1: Yes.
0: But the, uh, I, I personally, even when I was brand new, I went to a lot of meetings. Yeah. You know? I did I've been, too. I've been to a, a ton of meetings. I never really thought that that was like the foundation of my recovery. It was well, never, t- was never taught that.
1: And it really was not for me. And I know you do not have to go to prison, commit crimes. You know, my consequences are also not the reason that I'm sober. I know plenty of people who've been to prison 10 times that did not get sober during all of that, even though they had been exposed to Alcoholics Anonymous. But I was sober for three months, uh, two months out of treatment before I went to prison. And yes, I had experience that other women in that prison did not have of going to meetings, uh, being able to any day that I could, being able to talk to a sponsor on the phone anytime I picked it up to call her, being able to text in an emergency. But, you know, it went from that to I wasn't able to go to an AA meeting for like two months because I was in process. Oh, my
0: goodness. How did you make it?
1: I know. Well, what I did was (laughs) I tried to write down as much as I could remember from how it works. Like I thought that was, you know, and I would just try to write down everything I could remember. I really thought that I needed to be kind of doing these ritualistic things. And when I couldn't remember all of how it works, when I couldn't make a phone call, I just started saying prayers. I really I knew that I needed a connection to a power greater than myself. I'd picked that up. So I prayed a lot and I talked to other women like, is anybody here know anything about AA? And it turned out that there were a couple of them. Yeah. Now, one of them who had claimed to be sober for about a year, I did a third step with, and I found out months later she had been doing drugs and jail before getting to prison. So I thought that just eliminated all the work I had done. Uh, Maybe it's a, a talk for another time, but, you know, I was not able to go to meetings. I didn't have a book for a while, right. but I knew, you know, that I had to be connected to a power greater than myself.
0: Yeah. Which is another one of the purposes of the book, right? It yes. says, says in the book, I don't remember the page number, but that the, per- one of the purposes of the book is that, is to help us to find a power yes. that will solve our problem, which is another. Reason why we should not put dependence on a sponsor or okay. a meet a meeting. We're not saying those things aren't important, but our dependence needs to as quickly as we can. It needs to be on a power grid in ourselves. Absolutely. If lack of power is our dilemma. We've got to access a power that's going to help us. Yes. And re- reliance on on outside things and you know a meeting or 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 a sponsor. Those two things will fail you.
1: Well, Jerry uh acceptance whoa
0: yeah it's the key
1: acceptance is the key
0: yeah it'll solve all your problems
1: i accepted i was in a maximum security prison and i can assure you that that was not helpful for my recovery for my sobriety
0: yeah so in line (laughs) in line with the kind of the, the topic what AA is AA is probably a solid home group and belonging to a a group that meets and trying to be there to, to help. And I think at some point we probably should be going to our group to try to find people to help and to be of service. It's not necessary. Yeah. Not necessarily for ourselves. Um, it seems like what, what AA is not would not be, just bouncing around to a bunch of meetings or I'm going to hit some meetings today. You'll hear people say that. And a lot, it seems like a lot of us, a lot of people like use the meetings as like this drop in, you know, therapy session or, you you know what I'm saying? They, absolutely. Yeah. You'll see that.
1: Well, earlier in my sobriety, I certainly would not do this now, but you know, I used to call it like the dead dog meetings where someone would come in and it would be like, Does anyone have something they want to talk about? It's like, My dog died today yeah. and I don't know how I'm gonna stay sober. Or even if they weren't, you know, saying how they were gonna stay yeah. sober, it would be this whole monologue of, Well, I got my dog when I was twelve and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, How is this helpful at all? Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was in a meeting. Well, I've been in a lot of meetings that people have said this, but I was in a meeting not long ago and this guy comes in. He says, Yeah, I talked to my sponsor and he had some problem. And his sponsor said, Take it to a meeting. (laughs) So he's bringing his problem to the meeting and he wants to talk about his problem. And then he wants 25, you know, part time psychiatrists to give him feedback. It's almost like the Oprah Winfrey show.
1: Well, yes, the rebuttal shares.
0: Yeah. Oh, like, I'm awful.
1: sharing directly to you. Here is what you should do.
0: Yeah. I would say that's probably not Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: Well, as we have discussed uh, prior to recording, you know, it tells us and a couple of the pamphlets that that is not what AA is. Yep. You know, I was told when I first got here that I was not. That there were attorneys in AA, there were therapists, like, but when you walk through the doors, we're all just alcoholics. You could be a recovered alcoholic, but I was not there to find an attorney.
0: Right. And I was not
1: there to find a job or to, to, to find friends. Now, of course, being an Alcoholics Anonymous for any length of time. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that are also sober. Of course I do. But that is just not the basis for the meeting or for my being
0: there. Right. Yeah. The reality is you may find all that stuff, but that's not why we're here. Nor well, right. should you be coming to look for all that stuff.
1: Well, my personal yeah. pet peeve is when people share and they talk about, yeah, I started going through the steps and believing in a higher power and and I have a relationship with God. And then all my felony charges
0: went away. They, they just magically disappeared, Shank.
1: I may still have a slight <laughs> resentment about it, but for years I was like, well, what? I wasn't doing the right thing.
0: Yeah, what'd you do wrong? Lord. They put the gavel down on you and sent you away. I know. My goodness.
1: It's because I'm a hardcore criminal. And when I'm glad that this is only being um, audio recorded because you know, if you saw me.
0: Yeah. You're looking rough. I mean that. Yeah. Like
1: the day I went
0: in. Yes. Looking rough. Well, you mentioned sponsorship and the, the kind of the, some of that, I don't know if it's ritual or Lord, that's kind of coming with sponsorship on lineage. And now I think that the, the, the term is a uh, trophy sponsor. Mm-hmm. People are getting, that's... you know, sp- sponsors <laughs> so they can say that such and such is their sponsor. And they got like, kind of hold that in like some high regard. Like it's going to rub off on them.
1: Yes. Well, you have experience with that.
0: I have more than I want.
1: (laughs) I think that I have maybe the opposite experience. People maybe think that way. And then I sponsor them and they're like, wait, you're not going to tell me what to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The the funny thing about that is, so I. Now, this is just my own personal experience. I, I have never called a sponsor every day. Nor do I plan to. Mm hmm. There's probably nothing wrong with that, but I have never been told to call a sponsor every day. Even when I was new, it was just not something that I was uh, was taught or told to do. Now I've been accused of telling other people to do that. I've never told anybody to do that. I don't. Wow, a never statement, <laughs> a never statement. Please
1: email, um, send yeah. us an email if Jerry yeah. has asked yeah. you to call him every day.
0: Right. And you know, a sponsor is not a, a dad or a, a brother or a therapist or a counselor. Yes. Many times, I think AA members, you know, want to use a sponsor like a like a therapist or a counselor.
1: Well, and I definitely have at points in my sobriety. Yeah, you know, I have conflated my sponsor with this person who was all knowing, who had who had the answer to any problem I may take to them, or who yeah. would tell me what to do, and. You know, when I was in prison, I didn't have the ability to do that, to call someone every day, to go to a meeting every day. But I did eventually get a book and I did eventually start working the steps with other women and reading through it all. So I thought that when I got out, like there were all these things I was missing. Yeah. You know, going to 90 and 90, a meeting every day, calling my sponsor every day, checking in with them. Here's what I did from the time I talked to you yesterday to right now. Um, And it didn't take me too long to realize that that was just not it. Yeah. You know, I had the the basic solution from the beginning.
0: Yeah. I think your experience is is telling that, hey, you can stay sober without all of the kind of those ritualistic and traditional things that that we do in alcoholics that that many people think are the program or that they think are necessary to get and to stay sober. I mean you were just uh is basically steel concrete a bunch of other women and that
1: probably and no didn't air agree air with you and a,
0: and a book and no air conditioning. <laughs> right? And 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 God and a power that was helping you that you were yes. trying to stay connected to. So that, I mean, that's, that's proof that all that stuff is, um, is not necessary to stay sober.
1: Well, and maybe unlike you, I have told people to call me every day at some point. I'm sure I have. I can't tell you which person I was helping it was, but you know, there was a two to three year period, maybe a little longer that, you know, I thought that was the way to help people.
0: Sure. And
1: You know, I I would tell exhausting them to to me. change their home group to my home group, <laughs> and you know, like I yeah. need to see you in a meeting. I'm go- here's all the meetings I'm going to, and they're good ones. Oh, don't go to that one; it sucks. Yeah, and I can still, I can still Not kind bad. of do those things today. Yeah. But some uh,
0: of those suggestions aren't bad.
1: Well, they're- and I guess my question to you would be: What is the purpose of a meeting?
0: Yes, that's a good question. I think so. For me, I think it's changed. When I was newly sober, I did go to meetings for, for support and for help and um, identify. We use the word identification a lot. It's probably not a word that I even knew when I was first sober. Right. But it it was just people that I connected to, um, not so much like as a friend, but I just knew that they had something I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of went for hope and for some inspiration and because there were, there were some, some people there that were helping me. Um, and that, I think that eventually shifted where, I mean, I was, I was immediately told to start helping people.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I was barely sober and people were telling me, hey, you need to be of service to the group. You need to be of service to other people. Anything that you can do, you should start doing that. So for me, going to meetings shifted to I, I go to try to help people. I go That's to try right. to find people to help. Now I get other things there, right? I got friends, and and you do have fellowship, and yeah, you, you know, you do hear things sometimes that maybe give you a little different perspective on thing, but but on things. But today, the main reason for for going to a group or to, or to a meeting is to try to find somebody to help.
1: Well. And, you know, you just don't get sober by osmosis. I don't get to just show up to a meeting and make the coffee and set up the chairs and maybe go out to eat and fellowship and just be able to continue to grow spiritually. That's right. And I do think that at some point I thought I'd missed out on so much that I thought, you know, that my sobriety was going to change and maybe I was going to get everything I ever wanted. So there were several things I thought I missed out on, um, as far as meetings were concerned, and I think it was just really challenging for i I definitely made it way harder than it needed to be, and I wanted to make sure every single one of my friends in AA was sober, that they were doing the same things that I was doing. Yep. You know, if you're not doing it the way my sponsor told me. Oh, I don't know. Oh, you go to that meeting. Yikes. You know, I just yes. was very judgmental. Um, and I can, I can say that today because I've been working on it, I think. Yeah. And just realizing, you know, people are where they are. I don't need to tell them what to do, but I can say, if I'm asked a question, I can just say, well, um, I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, or. I would probably do this instead.
0: Yeah. What, one thing that that you made me think of in, in terms of of fellowship. So there's there's no doubt that fellowship is a part of Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: Absolutely. There's
0: there's no doubt. It's very it's vitally important for people to make connections and to to, to be inspired and to probably get hope.
1: And it is a bright spot of my life to be able to go to meetings in other counties or across the state and see yes. someone that I know. Yes. It's very yeah. I mean it's awesome.
0: It is awesome. But we know that fellowship alone will not keep a person sober. And um you have any experience at seeing people that you know they'll keep coming to meetings but they don't do anything and then they relapse and they wonder like well what happened? I'm you know they, they it's like they think that they're getting sober just by coming to meetings and it's going to rub off on them. Yes. Yeah.
1: I think what has been difficult for me personally is seeing, you know, I used to think, you know, my sponsor is a quote old timer. She has over 40 years and pretty early on when she had 30 years or whatever, you know, she would, she would look at some of the people I was hanging around or some of the people in the meeting and she would just say, you know, that girl needs some help. Like, does she have a sponsor? Does she, and I would be like, how dare you, (laughs) but she could see, you know, that some people were just coming in and hanging out and that they were going to drink again. Yeah. And I just thought that was crazy. I thought it was so demeaning. And how can you say that someone is going to relapse? You can't tell you're not God. I was very indignant about a lot of this, but staying sober a little while and seeing people come in and out, you know, I, I, you can kind of tell, unfortunately, Mm. I mean, it sucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's one of the I guess that's some of the bad information that goes around that people think that they can, I mean, I did it with church. Yes. I just, I would go to church and I would think just by participating or or being there that things were going to rub off on me and I was automatically going to get better.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And it, it, it never worked. I mean, sometimes I'd be drunk right when I left church, I'd be drunk in the church. Well, in this,
1: in the same vein, I would think my circumstances are going to get better like, I'm probably just going to win the lottery or have more money or, you know, all this crazy stuff that's going on at home is going to yeah. stop. Yeah. And I've been guilty of thinking that in AA as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. My
1: life has gotten so much better. Of course it has. It's due to having a relationship with a higher power. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Um.
0: So if we were going to, if we were going to make a suggestion. To a new person or to somebody that's been in the fellowship for the program for a while and that's struggling, what, what would that be? I mean, so we've got, we both have a lot of experience of kind of what to do, what not to do. We've talked a little bit about it. Um, so given all the combined experience, if somebody was to ask us, well, what is AA? What, what would be the answer?
1: I do believe the saving grace for me is I've always been surrounded by people that, um, work AA out of the big book. Yep. You know, I've done a lot of other things. I've done some workbooks. I've done the steps through the 12 and 12. Yep. Uh, I've told people to call me every day or not. Uh, but I do think that because I was willing to listen the more majority of the time, it's members who have a lot more sobriety than me. Yeah. Um, so getting rid of the idea in my mind that old timers are all old and crusty and crotchety. Um getting in the book, reading the book. Yeah. You know, I- and we we do a lot outside of AA. And we go to meetings and you know we're not a glum lot
0: that's right yeah that's right Yeah, so so alcoholics anonymous is basically the book and it's basically the 12 steps and the original and i would argue the best instructions on how to take the 12 steps of alcoholics anonymous are in the book alcoholics anonymous yes yeah i'm like you i i when you you mentioned other things you done i've tried all kinds of stuff i mean i've done uh back to basics Mm -hmm. i've done these these long drawn out big book workshop spreadsheet things that that guys in texas and california developed they're they're just mind-numbing Mm-hmm. I've done the NA. I've even done the inventory out of the NA book or the NA. Uh, Whoa, yes.
1: Whoa. Well, I had people talking about easy it. They, Wayne. That thing is easy. That's, that's
0: got some weird questions in it, Shank. I do not recommend it.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know what? I've, and other things, I've done the uh, oh, you know, the recovery Bible. You know, we've done some of that stuff yes. and uh,
1: I love the recovery Bible.
0: Uh Hazelden. Oh, yeah. Drop that rock, girl.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, and all that stuff is, you know, it's probably fine and it, it may have its place, but it's really not Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: Well, here's the and, beautiful thing to me is, so my sponsor has told me, you know, the woman that has helped me, you know, there's, there's never been anyone too dumb for AA. That's right. There are people that are too smart.
0: It's a very accurate statement.
1: And certainly now, yes, I've been in big book studies, I've been in tradition studies, I've been in concept studies against my will, really because yeah. I don't have a driver's license but um, the thing is is I can't say those things were not helpful, but they were helpful in confusing me yes about several things and like I needed to look at every comma and period and really dissect what it means and guilty hey that stuff is kind of fun (laughs) you know but it just I can get I can get too into that and then start telling newcomers well you see this period right here
0: what did he mean
1: yes What,
0: what did he mean when they put that in there
1: and that is not how I got sober
0: let's look it up and do some research on why this is bolded that way and the other one is not correct Oh, my goodness, that's funny. Hey, it's I'll,
1: fun. But... It is.
0: It is fun. It is fun. Um, Alcoholics synonymous is nothing if not simple.
1: Yes. Well, one of the things it, I really enjoy about you, Wayne, is you have no problem saying like all of the crazy things that you have tried. And I really related to that at some point because when I realized what I have been doing and what I did not want to continue doing, I yeah. just kind of felt I was like, God, how did I, why did I do that? I just felt so (laughs) stupid. Like here I've been touting all of this gibberish nonsense. And uh, it was really helpful to to hear you and some others just say, wow, I've done all this crazy stuff.
0: I've done a bunch of that stuff. And you know what? The reality is now I, I say, I never told, told anybody to call me every day.
1: Here's the truth.
0: I haven't, but I've tricked people. Mm. Here's the, here's what I do, so I don't uh-huh. have to say that comment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I shouldn't be saying this. I'll say, "Hey, call me tomorrow." Yeah. And then when they call tomorrow, I say, "Hey, give me a ring tomorrow."
1: Uh huh. <laughs> this is sounding <laughs> and, like.
0: And you then know. three months later, they've called me every day. So yeah. there's there's more of the truth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the con- the idea of telling somebody to call you every day, I just I just can't quite get there.
1: Well, as your service sponsor, <laughs> I knew that about you, and I just that, wanted you to admit it on audio.
0: That's right. If y'all don't know, um, Shank is my service sponsor.
1: Half of the people and, listening just tuned out. They're yep like, they're
0: they're gone. Yep. Listen, if you got a service sponsor, fire them. You don't need a service <laughs> sponsor. I mean, come on. The good thing about the podcast is. We can say a few things that we probably wouldn't say in a meeting. Yes. So um we uh, we don't have service sponsors. Nothing wrong with a service sponsor if you want to stay confused. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just have a sponsor that knows what service is and you can knock both of them out in the same shot.
1: Well, right. Or I mean for me personally, if I'm confused about something that's going on, you know, an AA at a service position I may have. I talk to people who talk
0: to bump. That's right. Yes,
1: who I know have had experience, maybe have held the position before.
0: You know. Yeah. Hey, I know people that have unity sponsors, service sponsors, and recovery sponsors. Amen. Oh, and they'll have like a a correction sponsor. Yep. And a a grapevine sponsor.
1: Absolutely. Like
0: my God, that would keep me so confused. I wouldn't know what to do. Yes. That's crazy.
1: Well, and Hey, I don't know if that works for people. Sure. I just, what I don't like is when it's, when it's touted is like, Oh, you don't have a service sponsor. Oh my God. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. 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 Like man, get with it. Yes. Well, some of those folks will, will they'll study that service manual to death
1: easy jerry and, then
0: they, and then they won't go help anybody you know? easy <laughs> jerry yeah you, know, I mean, you don't
1: have to fire all of your sponsees when you take a position
0: well some people do but no you, sh- you shouldn't do that no
1: i think it is interesting too when people will share that they don't know why they relapsed or they relapsed because of of Family member passing away, yes, yeah. or something tragic and horrible happening in their life, and you know if it is one thing I've learned, I don't just get sober, and then everything is all roses, yes, you know, uh, I've had a lot of hard times in sobriety now, I'll also tell you, I've never thought of drinking, yes, and I don't know that that will last forever, but I did ask very early on when I was in that treatment center um. For that to be removed, and it was.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: um, But you know, people, and and it's people that I just want to go up to them and be like, "I'll tell you why you relapse. Here are the ten things that I've seen in the past, you know, <laughs> month." And luckily, yeah. I've been able to reel that in. It comes off as uh, very judgmental. It's
0: very judgmental, even though it's accurate and it's yes. probably really done out of a, a place of love. But people get awful sensitive.
1: It is. They, yeah. they do.
0: Yeah. But mm. circ- you're right. Those circumstances really don't. They don't. They don't make you drink. I mean, if you, if some, if if somebody's drinking because of an episode that happened in their life, they, they, they have not worked the steps and had the spiritual awakening. Yes. The problem has has not been removed. And I think you're right. The, the problem does get removed when you ask and when you sincerely take those steps. Now. It says that in the 10th step, right? It's one of the promises after
1: absolutely know,
0: getting to the ninth step. Now that we'd be naive to think that that couldn't come back.
1: Yes. It
0: can come back if we don't keep that connection.
1: Well, and you know, I, I do also learn things from people who have less time than me. I don't, I don't always look to people with more sobriety than I have. You know, there's a, a friend of mine and she talks about her relapse. You know, she came in uh, she had family members that were sober. And so she had a basic understanding, but she didn't do anything. Uh-huh. And she just thought yeah. that she would sit there and get sober or not want to drink again. And she relapsed. And, you know, she has yeah. maybe two years, under two years. And the way yeah. she describes it, I'm like, yes, that is the thing. Like That is a beautiful way. And like how the steps have changed her life, uh-huh. being able to recognize that and speak on it. I don't know that I could have sounded like that a year and a half sober.
0: Right. Yeah. It's it's so important to try to get a, a new person that's willing, engaged in in the steps and kind of the process of the steps and um some you know some attitude or, or avenue of service immediately. Yes. And that that's well, one thing's for sure, it's not going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. It may save their life, and that's really more of the program instead of you know people sitting around uh, with this fear-based idea. Of, Man, I got to go to a meeting. I got to go to a meeting. I got to do this. I got to do that. And sometimes all that activity is counterproductive to sobriety. Absolutely. Yeah, and then we we get sober by taking purposeful action, not by doing a bunch of activity. The activity is fine if you're doing the other stuff, but the activity is not a replacement for the the action.
1: And I, I've learned a lot about life through having a home group, through doing service, you know, at our, for our state convention, for corrections, for different areas of service. You know, I learned through a home group, you know, showing up early, helping set up, helping make the coffee, helping break it down. I was able to apply that to my life. You know, I was a good employee Prior to Alcoholics Anonymous, but I was a way better employee after. That's right. Learning it through a home group, you know, showing up early, talking to people, setting up, helping, not just showing up and doing, you know, the bare minimum.
0: Yeah. Well, and you can also learn how to disagree and even not get along with people and not run.
1: That is... (laughs) Can
0: you though? Can you? You can. Oh. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. Yeah. It's, get along. It's
1: a s- slow, slow learn for me.
0: It can be a slow process. It can mm-hmm. be a slow process. But
1: alcoholics, it really had, you know, my home group business meetings have taught me how to sit back and keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Also, right. speak up. Speak uh, up too.
0: Sure. Yeah. I still so.
1: get a little, you know, a little excited, but.
0: Yeah, well, we all got a voice, and the voice should be heard. We are um, glad to be here. This is um, Shank and Wayne on Alcoholics Anonymous Live. Know that we, uh, we care deeply about people, and we love the program of Alcoholics Anonymous because it has helped transform our lives and we have a way that worked for us we we really don't mean any uh anything condescending or judgmental about other ways we we have fun and bring a little humor to all that but we do realize that people stay sober differently and that um we're examples of doing some things right and doing some things wrong and
1: absolutely
0: we're we are still here and we're proof that we believe alcoholics anonymous works and that alcoholics anonymous uh, can actually give you permanent sobriety, not just temporary sobriety or fear-based sobriety. We have a uh, a little segment that we're going to do called Me- "What is that?" Shank meeting shrapnel.
1: Meeting shrapnel.
0: Tell us a little about meeting shrapnel.
1: It is. It's just the things that you hear, you know, um, that are not helpful. Just kind of like the bits and pieces. The things that you tend to pick up.
0: Yes. Well, what about, here's one for you. Don't make any major decisions for the first year. What do you think about that one?
1: Okay, I think this one ties in pretty well also with like don't date for the first year. <laughs>
0: because
1: for me, well, I made several uh, major decisions in my first year. Yes. And it can be argued that I didn't have any choice in the matter that our the state had a choice in several of those things, but you know, I don't know. I just, I had this idea in my head once again, that I was kind of doing things wrong uh-huh. because I was making a lot of <laughs> pretty major decisions in my first year. Yeah. Uh, I just don't, I just don't understand it. Like, This, for me, goes into like being in a cult. Yep. And AA does not control what you do or don't do.
0: That's correct. Now, do I need try?
1: It's like, do I need to take suggestions from my sponsor? Absolutely. There are things that I wanted to immediately go out and apologize to the victims of my crime. Yep. Not a good idea don't make that major decision right now (laughs) you know let's maybe get through a few of the steps let's talk a little more uh but tying it in for me you know it was more of like don't date anyone for the first year which was good for me because I did not get a girlfriend in prison you didn't I did not I was not gay for the stay which don't come for me that is a thing that's that's
0: a thing yeah in prison we're with you Um,
1: I did not do that, and I believe it worked to my advantage. But I just never really – I just can't grasp what not yeah. making any major changes in the first year means.
0: Yeah, me either. I think we're going to scrap that one. we are I mean, how would you stay sober and not make any major decisions for the first year? I mean, it just does not make any sense at all.
1: Well, what does it mean? Like, don't go out and buy a brand new $70,000 truck. I, okay. Um, <laughs> like, don't quit your job. Don't get a divorce. Don't like,
0: or don't get back together. I mean, sure, yeah.
1: Don't, don't believe don't your wife. A... Cause she's sleeping with jungle.
0: Hey, easy now. I wonder where he's at. I'm going to have to track him down <laughs> one
1: day. Oh,
0: But yes, that's, I mean, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Don't make any major decisions for the first year. So that's one we're going to scrap. If you're listening and you say that, stop saying it.
1: Stop saying it, <laughs> or or I don't know. Send us an email and let us know what it means.
0: Yeah, yeah, we don't know what that what that means. What what next? What's the next one you want to talk about?
1: Um, what about like don't quit before the miracle happens? Whoa,
0: don't quit yeah. before the miracle happens. So this is another one that. I I assume we shouldn't make any assumptions cuz we're going to try to base stuff on facts but I mm-hmm. assume this one came about by I don't know people giving up hope or getting mad at a meeting or you know taking a drink before they they did something I don't know but um
1: well the miracle it, being that you're relieved from a hopeless state of mind and body or could, you know could be. I,
0: I mean that I guess if you if you believe what the book says the miracle happens after step 9 right mhm that's what the book says is that the the obsession to drink is we're relieved from that after step 9 so maybe we should re rewrite the the saying to say hey don't leave before you before you work step nine huh? yeah that'd don't be more accurate step right?
1: nine please yeah don't and then, leave
0: be- and
1: then hey, we till just, twelve.
0: we just came up with something new we're going to redo this one so this is see this meeting shrapnel session is going to be very beneficial to many
1: absolutely so we got
0: a new a new slogan now don't well, the, quit before step nine
1: the miracle for <laughs> me would have been i don't know like thinking of what a miracle was when I was brand new would have been not having to go to prison maybe. Right. Um, or once I was there, (laughs) you know, not having to stay my entire sentence or like, I don't know what being new in AA the miracle would have been for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me either. I mean, other than quit drinking,
1: not obsessing over alcohol, but I asked for that to be removed. And it was, and it
0: was, there you go. Yeah. Well, listen. Don't leave before the miracle happens, <laughs> Shane. <laughs> don't hit the end, the red end button in the bottom of the right-hand corner of the uh. screen <laughs> until the miracle happens. Oh. All right. The next one and the last one is 90 meetings in 90 days.
1: I feel like we've done a lot of just, like, already- smack talking on it, but... <laughs> this one is near and dear to my heart currently um because you know within within my area here or i guess the district it is kind of like kind of interwoven into aa
0: yes it like, is it is here's your become, chart
1: for 90 and 90
0: it has become lower
1: Get it initialed or check the box. They've got
0: the checkbox in the meeting directory now, right? Yeah. We got to get rid of that.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's just, once again, I'm not saying that that isn't helpful. It's just not AA. Yeah. AA but, doesn't tell you you have to go to any meetings. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, so I sometimes I have a hard time remembering things when I was brand new, but what 90 and 90 was it was, you heard it at every meeting that I went to Mm -hmm. and it was kind of part of the culture, I guess would be a way to put it. Yeah. It, it still is here. Um, but what, what I heard when I, when I heard people say that, and I may have been actually guilty of it myself now that I think through all of it, (laughs) (laughs) what I heard was that meetings were more important than, um, staying late for work every once in a while when they really needed you. Mm -hmm. That going to the meeting was more important than going to my sister's birthday party when I really didn't need to go to a meeting, but it, you know, it just happened to be on the same day that the meeting was more important than going and visiting with my mom or or whatever it is. That's, that's what I heard. And then you tie that into, this is a selfish program. And it's like, it, it's almost like, Now, maybe they didn't say this, but this is what it seemed like that, you know, meetings and going to meetings was more important than, than anything. And that Mm -hmm. it it gave me kind of a license to be irresponsible in other areas of my life. I was
1: very fortunate that my, I, I did have a sponsor at one time that maybe would have said I needed to be in a meeting rather than doing some other things. But I was definitely told that, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, not that, I'm getting way out of the weeds here. Not that Alcoholics Anonymous gave me a life that took me away from Alcoholics Anonymous. It was mm-hmm. not that, but I had not been a member of my family and I'd made amends, you know, like I would amended the relationship, which meant for me that I was to show up.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And it wasn't about not going to my meetings. It was about showing up when there was something going on, Yep. you know, a birthday party. Um, My brother-in-law, you know, graduated and got his PhD. And I just remember having this, you know, crisis over whether I should go to the party. That's what I'm talking about
0: right there. Yes.
1: Or my sister's 30th birthday party, which was at a bar and. I was, I pulled up and I had another AA member with me and I'm like, oh my God, should we go in? This is a bar. They have life-size Jenga. What are my (laughs) motives for being here? Yeah. And, you know, luckily I just had other people in my life, like go to the party, shut up. You know, like, do you want to drink? Are you thinking of going in there and just putting your mouth under the tap? Yes. You know, and I wasn't, I just, you know, it was fear-based for sure.
0: It is fear-based. So, you know what, if you don't have a if you don't have any responsibility and don't have much of a life, then and you have time, I mean 90, 90 is 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 fine, but it's not a requirement to to get and stay sober. And if you
1: I could have very well specifically when I got out of prison, I probably went to 90 meetings in 90 days. Yeah. I mean, there were days that I went to two or three meetings a day.
0: Yeah. I guess if I counted that up, I may have done it too. I, I do. There, there were days where I went to, you know, the noon meeting and yeah. then the yeah the, the, the five o'clock meeting and then the nighttime meeting and mm-hmm.
1: the um, last call, the
0: last call. The, yeah. I love the old, the candle. There used to be a candlelight meeting mm-hmm. that met at 11 o'clock PM. Woo. And then you took in the new day right at the end of it. Oh, it was so <laughs> powerful. Uh, I, love I mean, it.
1: it sounds like kind of fun. And, you know, I did enjoy meeting people and going to a lot of these meetings. Yeah. But it was not a requirement of my sobriety or of my sponsorship lineage or That's right. any of That's that. Right.
0: Yeah. So I think we're going to scrap 90 and 90.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're right? scrapping it it's, all.
0: It's important to go to meetings. It's important to have a group. It's important to have a sponsor and to talk to your sponsor um but it's it's also um not required to go to 90 and 90 or to not make any major decisions for the first year.
1: And this is if you did 90 and 90, I it's, think that that's great. That's awesome. Yes. You know, but it just is not a requirement of AA.
0: That's right. Yeah. And you don't have to go to 90 meetings in 90 days for the miracle the so-called miracle to happen.
1: No. <laughs> I also don't have to show up to meetings that I think are terrible which is just a personal opinion of mine i know several people do not share it because i've made the mistake over the years of being like oh that meeting sucks and now i can just politely decline to go like i don't have to show up to these meetings to give the solution and share and make sure everyone gets sober the way that i do or tell them how bad their meeting blows like i don't have to do that
0: yeah no you don't
1: but there was a time where i had to go and save these
0: meetings Save them. Yeah. Share it. Every one of them. Lay down that wisdom.
1: They're so egotistical. Yeah. You know, I spit look the back truth. and I'm like,
0: Lord, I was just Let's, so. We should go to one and night and spit the truth, Shank. Yep. yep. Steal the. the, the... <laughs> Hijack it.
1: Hijack That's the meaning. Like.
0: Hijack the meaning.
1: And if they have a uh, a page of page 24 or something out of the big book in the bathroom framed. Steal it. Steal that too.
0: Take that with you. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Hey, we're Shank and Wayne. We uh we appreciate everyone listening to this first episode of season 1. Go ahead.
1: Our opinions are our own. We don't speak for for Alcoholics yep. Anonymous as a whole.
0: That's a very good point, Shank. We, we're not paid uh, to be here. Yep, we're not being paid to do this. We're not getting we're not getting any compensation from any source. We don't sell the podcast. Nope. And our opinions of are our own and our experience is our own.
1: It's probably correct, but it's our own.
0: It's probably accurate. <laughs> it's probably better than others. Oh. Thank you for listening to episode one of Alcoholics Anonymous Alive. If you have suggestions or feedback for Shank and Wayne, you can email them at freedom at alcoholicsanonymousalive.com. That's freedom at AlcoholicsAnonymousAlive.com. Join us next week for Episode 2, Step 1, with 24-Hour John.